The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, the great Adrian and Coach covered the draft on Friday's show. We knocked out most of the trades as they occurred. Probably didn't talk a ton about the Mike Conley situation, but those were covered as well. And we really did, by all accounts, have a relatively quiet weekend outside of, you know, uh, guys on two-way contracts, Exhibit 10 deals, and very obvious opt-in situations, <laughs> right? I mean, for goodness sake. Uh, so this show is going to be, I think, a little bit more of a, of a soft preview of what's to come over the next few days here on Fantasy NBA Today. It won't be one of our longer uh, podcasts of the year. I want to use it as an opportunity to promo a couple of the other things we have going on here on the AV side of things at HoopBall. We'll obviously touch on, I think you guys probably would like to hear my thoughts on the Mike Conley trade, since that went down late last week after uh, I had already finished up podcasting for the week uh also you know a couple of rumors on big men floating around some numbers on a guy like kevin durant uh also kind of banging around in the internet space but for the most part this is going to be a very tame podcast i think you're looking at probably about 20 minutes today this will be a quickie and uh, we'll get you situated for the rest of the week first things first hello everybody i'm dan Bespers. this is fantasy nba today you know that you uh, likely didn't stumble upon this podcast on June the 24th, uh, but maybe you will next week because the first thing I want to talk about on this show uh, is we're brought to you by Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee Company, HawaiianIsles.com, Hawaiian I-S-L-E-S is the website, .com, at H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter, or Hawaiian Isles on Amazon.com and get that joint sent prime to your doorstep. Thank you, as always, to our buddies uh, Glenn and company at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. This is a hoop ball presentation. At Dan Vespers on Twitter, at Hoop Ball Fantasy, at Hoop Ball Tweets are the three that are the main ones here. Um, mentioned it last week. Want to mention it again? The great Ethan Noroff has helped restart the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. Episode was released yesterday, Sunday, late morning episode with myself. Yes. We get bonus points, I think, for getting up and recording at 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday here on the West Coast. Uh, breaking down the Lakers draft, the D'Angelo Russell rumors. Yeah, you heard that right. And what's going down in the free agency world, the uh, the rumor mill. It has begun, has long since begun. It continues through the NBA landscape. Uh, so please do give that a check. It is at Hoop Ball Lakers. Even if you're not a Lakers fan, I think you'll enjoy the podcast. It is Lakers-centric, uh, but you got two fantasy heads talking Lakers, so it always ends up devolving into that a little bit. We try to stay away from it too much just because, you know, it's a team-specific, a lot of newsy show, but I think you'll enjoy it. It's me and Ethan. You like us, so you'll like the podcast. So check it out. At the very least, Go uh, find the show. It's called the Hoop Ball Los Angeles Lakers Podcast. Very easy to find on iTunes. Give it a five-star review. If you've done it for us here on this show, uh, I would ask you to kindly do so for that one as well. Go subscribe to that show, even if you don't end up listening to every episode. All of that stuff kind of helps bump it up the charts. 
and uh, we want to try to grow that thing as fast as possible, especially here with Lakers about to get real interesting this year. So that shows up and running. Uh, we are likely to have as many as two other brand new podcasts coming in the next month and a half. And we are, I'm going to count this thing out. Let's see, the box score breakdown is going to be coming back probably around the start of September would be my guess. So that's one podcast coming back. We got the Lakers show that re-debuted last week. So that's two uh, that have come up over the offseason uh, or will come up through the offseason so far. Uh, we have at least one other non-team-specific show. I don't want to tell you about it yet. I want to keep that one under wraps. And I think we may have as many as two more team-specific podcasts either getting resurrected or started anew. So that would be five podcasts that are either coming back or starting between now and the beginning of next year. And, of course, we always have hoop ball nets. Najee and Hunter are just crushing it, so please do check that out. I haven't done enough of this stuff lately on Fantasy NBA Today. Just making sure that you guys know. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, a lot of you, I think, probably 99% of you listening to the podcast today are the hoop ball diehards, the folks that have just been banging away with us from day one or day whatever. But you guys don't miss a podcast. You love the offseason because this is when you can really start to prep for the in-season. You sort of get out in front of the game a little bit. You guys are the degenerates. So I don't think that I'm telling you too many things you don't know uh, about me in particular. But one thing you might not have heard before is that, yes, I do host this Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I'm also in charge of everything that happens at Hoopball on the audio-visual side. So if there's something terrible, it's my fault. If there's something really good, it's my fault. And in this case, we've got all these shows and such hard-working folks. Najee, Hunter, Drew and the Nets podcast. Uh, you'll have Box Score Breakdown coming back this year. we uh likely to have uh, Adrian Benjamin's connected with that in some way. Neil Rochlani probably going to be involved in that one. He may get his hands into on a brand new podcast. The great Brandon Marcus is likely to be starting a podcast. Uh, myself, I'll be doing some work on other shows. Aaron Bruski, John Schifferly, all of these shows. I just, I, I, every time you guys check them out, I, I feel happy. So please do check out the Hoopball Lakers podcast. That's uh, resurrected and Hoopball Nets as well. Especially, I mean, what if Kyrie and KD go to Brooklyn? That's going to be a show to listen to for sure. <laughs> They're going to have some fun, those guys. I will use this as a segue point to talk about Kevin Durant very briefly. There's a lot of things that I've talked about kind of in passing on this podcast the last two to three weeks that I think I want to dig into a tiny bit more. And one of them was my theory that I don't think I explained appropriately when I said that Kevin Durant's injury helped the Lakers more than any other team. I said that right after it happened. It was before the Anthony Davis trade. And my argument on that was, it I thought, eliminated the Knicks from the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. As a, as a guy who follows the Lakers very closely, this was something that I felt was a key. It was a key. I thought, okay, look, uh, David Griffin, freshly minted GM of the New Orleans Pelicans, was in there, and when you're trying to trade a guy, you want as many teams bidding as possible. And Kevin Durant's injury meant that the Knicks, whose plan was to get KD and one other superstar and compete, suddenly went to, well, we're not going to get KD healthy this year, even if they, even if they eventually sign him anyway. 
he wouldn't be playing this coming year. And so the New York's best case scenario was one really good player and a lot of clunkos and probably a middle of the pack finish. So not a great draft pick. And, you know, enough to maybe wake up the fan base a little bit. It, it would be a positive thing, but it would actually be in their best interest if KD's not going to be playing for one more year to not sign a second max guy, sign him next offseason, be really, really bad for one more year, and then be able to tell your fans, we got a healthy KD coming. It's already locked in. Here comes another guy. And so to that, when you follow that thread all the way to the end of it, it basically says the best case scenario there for them was stink for another year and then get really good. So if you're going to stink for another year, why trade everything for Anthony Davis and then not stink? So they got wiped out. Kyrie Irving leaking repeatedly that he was leaving Boston. And I don't know if this was done explicitly to help the Lakers, but I honestly don't have another great reason as to how it is with all these other free agents. Kawhi Leonard, we don't know. Clippers, Raptors are both in the mix. Lakers will get a meeting. Knicks will get a meeting. Probably not going to sign him, but they're in the mix. Tobias Harris. We've heard about six different teams linked to Tobias Harris. Uh, Chris Middleton. We haven't really heard anything at all about Chris Middleton. He opted out, and people are like, oh, he opted out. He's probably just going to stick with the Bucks." Okay. Kemba Walker. Charlotte, he's been linked to going back. The Lakers, he's been linked to. You've basically heard multiple teams for almost all of these guys, but a boatload of question marks about all of them except for Kyrie, where it was just over and over again. He's going to Brooklyn. He's going to Brooklyn. The Nets are the team. Repeatedly. Why was it so clear with Kyrie Irving and so nebulous and murky for everybody else? Who has anything to gain with Kyrie Irving coming out so broadly and saying he's leaving the Celtics? That was one thing. And listen, as a Laker fan, I was all cool with it. But as an NBA fan, I'm looking at that, all of that stuff as it's happening, and I'm thinking, why? What is the, what's the impact of this? Well, impact number one to me was someone like a Terry Rozier might consider staying with the Celtics, but I doubt that's why Kyrie Irving announced his intentions. What else might happen? Well, we saw Al Horford opt out of his deal and become a free agent. Maybe Kyrie made it very clear in his plans to give Al Horford the heads up that he'd be playing with a very young team going forward. Maybe he had issues. We don't know. Big Al might have had some issues with the Celtics and with Kyrie saying, I'm out. But he could have easily just texted that to Horford. To me, this felt like a shot across the bow of Danny Ainge and any plans for the Celtics to go all in right now. Because they've had to, you know, they made their Aaron Baines trade, which a little bit also of not a great look. Uh, Their effort now to clear cap space with Horford coming off the books and Kyrie coming off the books, they barely have enough for one max because of Gordon Hayward's massive deal, but mostly. So as much as they work, they're not going to be able to bring in multiple superstars. So this whole thing with Kyrie, to me, it seemed like the only team that was winning, if you want to call it winning in quotation marks, the only team that gained leverage with Kyrie Irving announcing his departure 
Uh, well, number one was Brooklyn. So there's two teams. Nets, who could then go out to other free agents and say, look, we, pff, look, Kyrie says he's coming, man. And the Lakers. Because it took Boston largely out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Or the whoever sweepstakes. The Bradley Beal ones. Because now at this point, they're going to go all on the younger guys. Fine. Whatever plan you got. But you're not trading away the farm to have Anthony Davis and no one else on your team. Lakers have basically done that. But, you know, LeBron, Kuz are at least there. And a, still a crap load of salary. Or salary cap space, I should say. 24-odd yeah, million dollars. Anyway, all of this stuff to me didn't add up to much other than it seemed like teams were sort of trying to punch Boston in the nose and it also seemed like there was some weird little help going on for the Los Angeles Lakers and that's fine segue here to Kevin Durant who we were talking about briefly before we got into this little sidestepping weirdness uh contract numbers they were put out for those of you that are unaware I wasn't fully aware of what the difference was uh Golden State can offer him a five-year max of $221 million. Any other team can offer him a four-year max at $164 million. What you may notice is you look at that and you're like, oh, $47 million difference and one year. So the actual average annual value is not that far off. It's $44 million with Golden State. It's $41 everywhere else. And to sign him this year, you need $38 million in cap space. What does it mean? Well, it still means that there's still likely a handful of teams that could sign him. Uh, I do think that Golden State becomes a much more attractive destination because of that extra $47 million. Because he's not going to be playing this year, an opportunity to stretch his career to the year 35 mark. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's getting $50 million that year when the other one runs out. So there's a couple things for him to be looking at here. This is not like a 27 or 28-year-old debating four or five-year deal. This is a 30-year-old coming off of a blown Achilles. And he's saying to himself, what if I do lose a step? What if in my year 35 season, I listen, uh, you know, two months ago, I expected to be balling at 35. But now, what if I got no lift? So when that $164 million contract runs out with any other team and he hits free agency as a 34-year-old, who we have no idea how he's going to look at that point. What's he going to garner? 20? 30? 15? 25? I doubt it's going to be 50. That makes the Golden State offer look very intriguing. I was basically set on him leaving for the Nets or the Knicks. But I don't know, man. That Achilles injury, I think it comes down to whether or not he feels like the Warriors wronged him. In any way. If he feels like they wronged him, he's gone. And it doesn't matter that there's an extra guaranteed $50 million at the end of this deal. If he feels like they wronged him, he's going to want to start fresh somewhere else. If he feels like they got his back and, you know, he tried to play through it and blah, blah, blah. uh, Warriors just got... This may tip back towards like 60-40 leaving. I thought it was like 80-20 leaving. I'd dial it back a little bit. Other things that happened over the weekend. Hassan Whiteside opted in for $27 million and apparently did not demand a trade, which was uh, contrary to what we had heard before. The Suns are not intending to buy out Aaron Baines. Yeah, we'll see when they're, you know, 
15 and 40 at the All-Star break. <laughs> Maybe they'll be better than that. Maybe it'll be 20 and 35. Tyler Johnson opted in to his $19 million, also with the Phoenix Suns. What do I think about him from a fan? What do I think about Aaron Baines from a fantasy perspective? I'm not interested in even the slightest bit. Uh, Tyler Johnson, also not really all that interested. You know, he, he goes on these little runs, but he almost needs no competition at all for the point guard minutes in Phoenix, and that's simply not the case anymore. Al Horford apparently is staring down the barrel of a four-year, 33, I believe, million-dollar deal. Rumor has it it was came, coming from the Mavs. They've denied that. We'll see, but that's a pretty nice payday for a veteran like Al. The Jazz have interest in Bobby Portis. Which I don't care about. It also means that they might not be picking up the Derek Favors option. Paul George will likely miss the preseason, but hopes to be ready for the start of the season. This is something to keep an eye on. And Kawhi Leonard back with Toronto is uh, back on the table again, which always made the most sense to me. You, yeah, I mean, you guys have heard me say it on this podcast repeatedly that they've got everybody back. So just run it back one more time, Toronto. Apparently the Celtics are targeting Nick Vucevic to fill that Al Horford role with their all their money these days. We'll see. Uh, the other stuff I wanted to talk about, I, I know it's way past due on this, but the Mike Conley trade, I think, really puts a dent into his fantasy value. And I, I haven't worked out precisely how much, but with Memphis, he was largely the lead dog in that offense. It was Marcus Gasol took shots when he had to, and then there just wasn't anybody else. With Utah, he's going to be behind Donovan Mitchell. Joe Ingles is going to want to get his shots in. Not a ton of them. Uh, they're probably going to go to more of a stretch lineup this year, I would venture to guess. Rudy Gobert is going to do all his inside stuff. And so Conley's still going to have something going on from a fantasy perspective. And I do love the fact that he's going to be on a team that's playoff bound. Almost a guarantee. But they were, we're talking about the number 26 guy in 9-cat last year. 21 points, 6.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 2.23 pointers, 85% at the foul line, under two turnovers a game. There's almost no way he averages over 20 points with Utah. I don't see that happening. I think you're looking at more of an 18. Uh, the assists likely come down from 6.5 to probably 5.5. The steals, blocks, turnovers, rebounds, those could probably all hang about where they are. Three pointers probably come down from 2.2 to like 2 on the nose, unless he takes more shots from outside. But here's the thing. I just I don't see him taking 16 shots a game. If you dial that back to like 14.2, 14.3, everything's going to come back with it. Because a lot of his numbers, it was not all about efficiency with Conley. The free throw number probably going to come down. Not the percentage necessarily, but the volume. Uh, minutes might come down. Utah tries to keep everybody fresh. Number 26, to me, uh, that's that's not happening. You're probably looking at more of like a number 40. Still going to be good, though. He might get underdrafted as people believe he gets totally overshadowed by Donovan Mitchell. His leadership is going to be a big key for that Utah team. And then in terms of other stuff moving around, I'm just I'm not worrying about it, at least yet. I think Kyle Korver ends up with the Lakers. He has to, right? Basically.
And now we wait. And now we wait. I do want to make an announcement here at the end of this half-size podcast. Coming on June 30th, Free Agency Day, we will host a live hoop ball free agency broadcast. I cannot wait. We're going to get some of the best minds here at Hoop Ball to join me on the show. That will be Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific time is, of course, when the moratorium begins and the, uh, the ban is lifted. That's when we get all the news breaking. So we will start a half an hour before and run to a half an hour after. It'll be a one-hour live show. And if we have to go a little bit longer, we can go a little bit longer. That's running again on Sunday afternoon here on the Pacific Coast, starting about a half an hour to 40 minutes before the moratorium. We can set everybody up with what we know and then running about 30 to 40 minutes after it begins when all those dominoes fall right out of the chute. We're going to have a ton of fun. It's going to be great. I love this day of the year. This I, Man, this might be my favorite day of the NBA season because I don't have to worry about my fantasy team, so this, the pressure is off, and we can just watch all the dominoes, all the puzzle pieces raining out of the sky and falling into some sort of weird position that may or may not make sense and we'll be right here to break it down from a fantasy perspective. This is not going to be like the trade deadline special. We're not all suiting up for this bad boy. This is going to be a little bit more chill, but it's going to be so much fun. That, again, is Sunday of this weekend. So set your alarm clocks. I'm going to remind you every day on the podcast this week. I cannot wait. Coming up the rest of this midweek here on Fantasy NBA Today, I got Neil Rochelani back with me tomorrow, my co-host with Mo Host. We'll be talking about betting. We got more futures to look at, more futures, especially with some of this news coming out of where guys may or may not be headed. Wednesday, Brandon Marcus. He loves to knock me for all my Lakers stuff, and he might be right. Uh, We'll see how he's holding up. It seemed like Kawhi was headed to the Clippers the last time we talked to him, and uh, this week he might be headed back to the Raptors. We'll see if he's hanging in there okay. Uh, Neil on Thursday, Adrian and Coach on Friday. That'll set things up for our live show on Sunday. I am Dan Bespris. This was your half-size Monday episode of Fantasy NBA Today. As we all take a deep breath between the draft and free agency, because as far as I'm concerned, once free agency is happening, it's season prep time. Now we're going to know where all these sons of guns are playing, and we can start to make our lists. Oh, I can't wait for it. It's a week. It's a week away. It's Sunday. Less than a week. Hope you'll join us for that one. Again, I'll remind you, I'll put some tweets out as well. Uh, at Hoopball Fantasy, at Hoopball Tweets, at Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Have a lovely Monday, everybody. Uh, again, back with Neil tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.